Warning! This podcast contains mature themes from very immature people. You and I haven't had a a main squeeze in a little bit, have we? We've had ventures out into the dating pool, but not a not a main squeeze in a bit. Yeah, no, just some some short term squeezes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we're we're working up to it. I'm getting I'm getting some kisses in finally. It's taken hey. a while, but I'm I'm finally remembering how my lips work. My God, can I say this? Can I can I actually say this? I don't know if I'll use it because I did tell a certain person about this podcast, so they might hear this. But uh, <laughs> do you find if you don't kiss for a while because of say I don't know a global pandemic uh, that then you feel out of practice? When it comes time to kiss again, um, no, I don't find that my kissing changes that much. I find that every now and then I start kissing somebody who has a very different kissing style than I do, and that mm. always takes some adjustment and some like figuring out of like, oh wow, you're a tongue person. You stop. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. Um. I don't think my style changes much unless I learn a new move. <laughs> you add a, add something to your repertoire. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I was realizing uh, recently, I felt very clumsy kissing again for the first time in a while. And I also realized that there was a big difference between kissing someone after a couple drinks and kissing someone stone cold sober. <laughs> I was so much more aware of like where my hands wanted to go and like, Oh, did I close my eyes or did I forget to close my eyes? Is that weird? Is it weird <laughs> that I'm thinking about my eyes? Like that sort of stuff was happening when I was kissing in the, in the cold, harsh light of day forever with the dancing and the kissing. I have no idea what to do with my hands. <laughs> I mean, I, I know in theory how I want it to like look from the outside and then the moment comes and I'm, I just feel like I'm a wobbly mess. Well, here's the thing is that it, it's different depending on how tall the person you're kissing is. Um, and so if they're near your height, you're more likely to go sort of like around the waist. But if they're like, or I guess if they're, they're way taller, I guess you're more likely to go around the waist than if they're closer mm. to your height where you're more likely to be maybe going for like the back of the neck or something. I don't know. But then I grab someone by the back of the neck and I'm like, are you a puppy? Am I your mother? What are we doing? <laughs> Is it, <laughs> are you being punished? <laughs> Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Get It Off. Wow. Nope. That's the first time I fucked it up in a long time, too. Yeah. That's really funny. I'm usually a one-take wonder for the intro. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Welcome to Let's Get It On Film, the all things sex in film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, Kate and Lauren. Hi, Kate. Hi, Lauren. <sighs> I'm feeling good. 
I'm not even asking how you're feeling. I'm feeling good. I'm relaxed. <laughs> I have a glass of wine. It's been a long day of work, but now I'm ready to relax and talk about sex with my good friend, Kate. Well, that's extremely selfish of you to not give me the opening to bitch at you because you know my life is crazy, but fine. You know what? I have a drink too and we can talk about sex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you want to talk about, oh, I'm moving and oh, it's so difficult and I also have a tough job. You know what? Maybe I do want to talk about the crisis of confidence I've been having over area rugs. Maybe I do, Lauren. You want to give me the space to do that? (laughs) Area rugs. Um, You don't think they're that important until you need one. It's true. It's very hard. Anyway, let's talk Mm. about sex. Let's talk about (laughs) sex, baby. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how hot and heavy we're going to get this episode because I'll tell you what. I don't necessarily find our topic that um, arousing, at least the topic that we started off on. Yes, um, but therein lies the the conundrum we came upon, mm-hmm. where we came into this week thinking, we're going to talk about old people boning, mm-hmm. and then... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We both decided we wanted to talk about old Meryl Streep boning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I say old Meryl Streep, I mean Meryl Streep in her older years. Yes. Of course, not Meryl Streep boning in her younger years. Um, so we stumbled upon like a secondary theme by accident, kind of. Well, I think it's because we were looking for old people boning that we would also find kind of attractive. And let's be clear. Meryl Streep is a a talent, a beauty, a wonder. She can really hold uh, your attention, even if (laughs) even if what's happening is not necessarily your cup of tea. Yes, indeed. She and Helen Mirren, I think, could stand up Mm -hmm. against Anyone in any age group at any time. Uh, and I'd like to watch them both do something sexy. Yeah. In fact, when I was trying to decide what to watch for this week, I think, you know, I kind of started watching that HBO Max Catherine the Great miniseries that Helen Mirren did. And I sent you mm-hmm. a text that was expressing my disappointment that no one had yet railed Helen Mirren. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is incredibly disappointing, I'm sure, for everybody. Um, Yeah. I mean, that makes me think we should do like, I mean, I've been wanting to do like more classic cinema type stuff. And I know that she was in like Gore Vidal's Caligula, I think. Hmm. So like, we could do some sexy stuff. From their from their youth, uh, I mean, Helen Mirren, Meryl Streep, and you know who else? Maggie Smith, fucking <laughs> gorgeous. Like in what we would consider like their youth, their prime, uh, they mm-hmm. were fucking amazingly beautiful. Yeah, 
total stunners. <sighs> so, Lauren, this week I brought for you, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. I remember it well. Me too. I saw this one in theaters uh, probably more than once when it came out. It's a 2009 American movie starring Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin, John Krasinski, Lake Bell. It's a really solid rom-com with a really solid cast. And I'm realizing looking at my notes that I actually typed Alex Baldwin, but his name is Alec Baldwin. And I know I corrected myself out loud, but for the record, I just want to out myself as having written Alex Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah. Yes. Uh, Why would you, can I say, why would you watch this multiple times in theaters? Um, because I was in approximately 11th grade and I worked at a movie theater and saw movies for free mm-hmm. and it's a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Hunter Parrish is in it and I had a big crush on Hunter Parrish at the time. Okay. Um, okay. But he's not a person who matters. Um, 12 years later in the way that John Krasinski or Steve Martin or Meryl Streep are people that matter 12 years later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. So this that's why. Out. Stop yeah. fucking judging me. <laughs> no, okay. This, this is making sense. <laughs> so uh, this movie was written and directed by Nancy Myers, who also wrote and directed The Parent Trap. What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday. She wrote The Father of the Bride movies. She's kind of a rom-com queen. Mm-hmm. And she's pretty good with a September, September romance. She likes to write about women over 40. Um, and a good thing that she does is she writes women over 40 is still having rich romantic and sexual lives, or at least wanting to. Um, Which is nice because you don't get a whole lot of filmmakers who focus on that. Mm. So in It's Complicated, you quickly find that it's not really all that complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But but Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin play Jane and Jake, a couple around age 60 who divorced on bad terms when he cheated on her with a younger woman about a decade earlier. Um, And at the start of the movie, we find them having settled into like an okay divorced couple routine. They're not at each Mm -hmm. other's throats anymore. The kids have kind of grown up and they're all getting out of the house. Uh, But things are still kind of awkward. And Jake's young wife makes Jane feel really insecure. Um, And she makes her first appearance of the movie at a party wearing like a bikini top. And she enters, she enters the frame like abs first. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she's played by Lake Bell. So she's really young and hot. (laughs) Yeah, she is. She can be equal parts like really, really boring or really, really kooky. And she doesn't do much else. Mm -hmm. But she's always hot. (laughs) Yeah. So... Jake is dealing with the domestic turmoil of a man who has married a woman in her 30s. He's helping her raise a toddler that she had with another man. And they're trying for um, another baby like way too late in his life. And he's not that into it, but he's going along to get along. Mm -hmm. 
Meanwhile, Jane has finally got her life all figured out. She runs what appears to be an uber successful bakery of this gorgeous house that she's putting a giant addition on is any indication. Mm -hmm. Her friends do spend a lot of time badgering her about her lack of a love life and offering to set her up with guys they went out with and, quote, didn't hate. (laughs) So she's doing okay, but she hasn't rebounded romantically yet since this marriage. Jane and Jake find themselves at their youngest child's college graduation in New York together. And while the kids are all off partying, the two of them run into each other at the hotel bar and they decide they're going to have dinner and drinks together. Uh, And one thing leads to another and they kick off a steamy affair that's an escape for him from the realities of his marriage and sweet, sweet revenge for her because now she gets to be the other woman. Yeah. Uh, And hijinks ensue. (laughs) Yeah, tons of tons of hijinks. And um, as I as I recall, like. The, she doesn't feel that bad about it at first, right? She's like, mm-hmm. I had him first and I'm entitled to him. Yes. And um, because Agnes, his new wife, um, is the person that he cheated on her with, her friends are all kind of like, it would be bad, except she did it first, you know? So mm. there's very much the mood of this is um, morally and ethically okay because she did it first. And. And so they, they kind of talk her into it. She's ready to be done with it immediately and call it a huge mistake. And her friends are like, yeah, it's fine. Just do it. <laughs> Great. Um, Great. So the scene I'm sending you to is when this whole thing kicks off. It's mm-hmm. about 20 minutes into the movie. If you go to about the 21 minutes, 30 seconds mark, you're going to find them dancing to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> I love Tom Petty so much. Okay. So where we pick up, Jane and Jake are done with their dinner and their drinks and they've started dancing and they're flirting and they're getting closer and closer. And, you know, they both know what's happening and she kind of resists the momentum a little bit. And she says, you're married to someone else. And he just goes, tell me about it, which doesn't fucking mean anything. <laughs> the dialogue's a little weird. It's nothing. <laughs> but it's them both kind of acknowledging that they know what's happening and they're doing it anyway. And so they dance mm-hmm. a little bit closer and they share some intense eye contact. And then he runs his hand along her lower back and pulls her close and she gasps. And then in that instant, we smash cut to them collapsing in bed, sweaty and heaving from a sexcapade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the camera kind of cuts up above them where they're laying side by side on their backs. His shirt is open. He's got an insanely big hairy chest <laughs> yeah um her her negligee or whatever it is that she's wearing has slipped down over one boob so her bra is showing she kind of glances over at him and makes a series of distressed groans yeah. <laughs> he reaches over and firmly and i hate to be using mm-hmm. this phrase but yeah grabs her by the pussy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he says home sweet home (laughs) and she lets out the funniest like oh god (laughs) (laughs) and it's sort of like 
she's still coming and it's sort of like she's horrified with herself and you kind of don't really know what's going on but it's such a funny delivery (laughs) yeah she's she's obviously distressed but her eyes are like still rolling back in her head from the sex they're so rumpled and he's laughing and Mm -hmm. he says that was one crazy ride i thought we were gonna break the bed um and here's where things get a little hinky because suddenly you can tell that she's (laughs) shit-faced yeah and so you come upon consent issues um and she kind of slurs out i'm having an out-of-body experience um yeah which is not a great sign (laughs) and again it's hard to tell if she's more drunk or more upset or just kind of like oh no panicking and he starts laying a bunch of compliments on her and she's like shut up just shut up i'm so dizzy and then she leans over and she pukes into the drawer of the bedside table yeah so uh clearly a consent issue going because she's wasted he doesn't seem to be um but it's again hard to tell if it's more a reaction to her poor life choices that's got her acting like this or if it's the alcohol um of course it's all played for comedy but in real life this wouldn't be Mm -hmm. that funny (laughs) yeah and um they're intentionally dancing in the gray area here as as Mm -hmm. they like to do in film and tv with the sex yeah but then there's a, a good little nugget of a moment here where after she pukes we into the drawer, we get to the heart of um, the insecurity that her character deals with. Uh, and she screams at him to look away so that she can get out of bed undressed. And he's, of course, like, dude, I've seen it all. But she's yeah. getting hysterical and she's running to the bathroom to puke more. And she's like, look away! <laughs> and trying to cover herself. So the door slams behind her and you hear her puke more and he gets up to follow her to the bathroom to make sure she's okay. And they have a little talk about what happened. She thinks it was the stupidest thing two people have ever done. And he thinks it was smoking hot and they should keep doing it. (laughs) That's where I went. So grossly masculine and like just just kind of disgusting <laughs> where it's like she's clearly upset and he's like no i love it i love i love that you stopped shaving too like i love that you went uh natural what was it what does he say mm, he says fyi i liked that you stopped getting bikini waxes you've gone native i was into it what a weird time to be talking about her pussy <sighs> Yeah, and I don't know the origins of that expression, and I don't think they are racist origins. I think it's, like, native to wherever you are. It's behaving like the natives. Um, So I don't know. I hope it's not offensive, but who knows? It sounds like it could be. Um, But if Nancy Myers has one thing going for her as a director, it's a good editor, because the pacing of the scenes is great. The comedic timing is spot on. And just as Jake says this gross horn dog thing, um, I was into it. Jane leans over and pukes again, and then we cut the scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um it's effective comedy. <laughs> yeah. It the I think the writing leaves something to be desired, but you're right, the editing makes up for it a bit with the timing. I'm I'm trying to think of what to say here. There's very little in the way of actual sex for us to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I think the most 
outstanding, the most outstanding thing uh, is just how genuinely rumpled and like sexified they seem in the immediate aftermath. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do a really good job uh, with their expressions. I think in TV, they sort of play with this where like two people end up in bed next to each other and they like look at each other and they like scream and they're like, ah, why did I do that? Um, But that's not what's happening here. You know, this is two people who are like, oh, that was hot. I am attracted to you. Oh, but now that I've come, I have some of my higher brain functioning coming back to me. And I remember why this is a bad idea. Yeah. And, and therein lies the comedy is the, the disparity in the reactions where he's psyched from start to finish. And the second she's got her wits about her, she's horrified. <laughs> yeah. And so it's clear they both liked it. They both had fun. They had extraordinary sex. But in the immediate aftermath, she's like, oh, hell no. And he's like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> yeah. I think... This movie is always going to be a little bit uncomfortable for me in a way that I think my film is uncomfortable for anyone whose parents uh, have been in a long term relationship for a long time. I think this movie taps into something that's uncomfortable for children of divorce. (laughs) Why is that? Because there's there is this niggling fear that your parents who were so wrong for each other, like might still have, they still have this relationship and they might still have that chemistry. I remember when I was a kid uh, and my mom and dad had been separated for years. We went on this trip together. The one trip we went on as a family, half the time my parents were yelling at each other and just like having a miserable time. And the other half, they were drinking a lot of German beer and getting along great. (laughs) And it was very upsetting for me. And just like in a confusing sort of way of like, like a child can't understand the complicated emotions of a, a adult tumultuous relationship like that. Definitely not. And it seems like you had maybe the opposite reaction that a lot of kids have where the um, the desire is to see their parents back together when you were kind of like, no, 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 this was dysfunctional and they need to not be back together. I mean, I think some, I think it, it depends. I think, uh, on how bad certain people are in in the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Now this is getting a little heavy. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, did I at one point when I was even younger than that have a parent trap fantasy? Sure. Uh, But then I understood the world better. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's something they play with a little bit in this movie, even though all the kids are grown. I I believe it's the youngest one who's graduating from college at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, when this affair does come to light, the kids are kind of like weepy and vulnerable and like, are you getting back together? Are you not getting back together? You're confusing us. This isn't okay. Kind of like they have a, they have a really vulnerable, almost childlike reaction, even though they're all adults. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, it's, it's weird. Parents, parent relationships are weird and 
strange on children, even adult children. I I can't say it any more intelligently than that. So don't make <laughs> me try. I won't. So, um, I know this is kind of stretched called this a sex scene because really it's a post sex scene and it's not mm-hmm. made to be sexy so much as it's made to be funny or to push the plot along or whatever. Right. It's got other purposes narratively than uh, turning you on. Um, but I think it's got some sexy qualities. OK. And I think. It counts because he puts his hand on her pussy. <laughs> it, hey, that's that's if that's where the line is, that's fine. <laughs> that is a sex act. That is a sexual contact happening there. <laughs> yes. So uh, so so let's let's talk about it then. I, d- I don't have too much else to say. I think, you know, we've covered a lot about it already. Uh, except uh, to say in terms of soundtrack, I hope that means we get to put a Tom Petty song in there. I think that counts. Um, so why don't yes. we just move into stop then and we'll break it down there. Talk about it a little bit more. Um, so, of course, the stop scale is soundtrack time, authenticity, heat, and production value, and we rate them one through five. Um, So starting with the soundtrack, which doesn't run through the sex, but runs through um, the foreplay, I'd say, (laughs) while they Mm -hmm. dance is Don't Do Me Like That by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, um, which I think is a really great choice. It's a fun song. It's an oldie. It's kind of a nod Mm -hmm. to their ages. Um, But the song itself is a plea to a lover to stop seeing other people yeah and that's that's what happened to them and what they're about to do so it has multiple meanings yeah it's good thematically it's fun they have a good time dancing to it um i like it i give it a four it's not a super sexy sex jam but it's it's a well-used song in the soundtrack and i think that's enough so we do have another addition to the Let's Get It On Film Fuck James playlist on Spotify. Woohoo! I do, I do love Tom Petty. So that is wonderful. Me too. I very briefly flirted with the idea of going to see Tom Petty play at the Hollywood Bowl just after I moved to LA and didn't do it. And then he died a week later. <laughs> like, yeah. Great decision making, Kate. Well done. That is like textbook regrets (laughs) Uh, yeah so good song um and then time i'm gonna give a two to the time um because here's the thing the comedic timing is great and the length of the scene is good but the sex is basically non-existent and so if we're ranking Mm -hmm. the sex first and foremost there isn't really any um but it's a well-made scene it's well well constructed and the 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 comedic timing of it i think is really effective so i give that a two yeah that feels right to me too it's like um bookends it's bookending we've got the Mm -hmm. the chemistry we've got them coming together and then we've got the aftermath uh and what we don't have is the thing that we usually tend to talk the most about which is the middle bit with the sex 
but in terms of that i think it's good i think two feels good yeah um and the book endedness of the scene with that smash cut into it and the smash cut out of it i think is a really great kind of illustration of what this event is doing to their lives too it's just kind of rolling in and and exploding things and um having Mm. having that kind of effect on them so i like it now authenticity i think is kind of where this scene shines to a certain extent i think myers kind of hits on something vulnerable and real here for women uh, and particularly women of a certain age when it comes to sex and their Mm. bodies um, I know I'm definitely guilty of trying to make sure no one sees me naked and standing upright. <laughs> and, and in the same way, every time somebody has noticed, they've been like, what's the problem? I've seen it all into it, proved yeah. it already. What? Come on. Why? Yeah. Um, and still it's like, because I'm horrifying. Don't look at me. <laughs> For the record, you're beautiful. You've never seen me naked and upright. I, uh, let's not open that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that like I'm wrong, but the fact of the matter is you've never seen me naked and upright. No, that's true. I hope. But I maintain, I maintain that you would be lovely. Uh, so Thanks, honey. honey. <laughs> so mean to me. Um... aside from this being a desperate plea for compliments from my lovely co-host um i do i do think it's hitting on something that's real there and being so concerned with how you look and how you're coming across and whether or not you're pretty enough or fuckable enough to somebody who's literally just fucked you (laughs) Mm -hmm. um that you're prioritizing that in a moment where you're like about to vomit and you're running for your life, uh, I think hits on something pretty real there. So I would give the authenticity a four. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I wasn't really thinking too much about authenticity watching it, but when I come to sort of the feelings involved, you're right. The feelings, especially that, that she's feeling, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just because Meryl Streep is, is giving a really good performance, uh, but it's really easy to empathize with her. There is, okay, this might be too much, but <laughs> there is a feeling after you come where it's kind of like it resets your brain a little bit and you can be like, uh, Everything that was happening is so unsexy to me right now. And I just want to like distance myself from what happened. Uh, have you, I'm not, I'm not going to pose it as a question. I'm going to, I'm going to speak <laughs> as an anecdote. Um, there have been times uh, when after uh, someone would be kind enough to grace me with an orgasm, uh, I would be like, Oh, now I have to do it back. <laughs> and it, it was like, cause I was just like, Oh, that was nice. Time to go to sleep. Like, and, but like, I wasn't, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it's can be hard to maintain a momentum after you've come because it does kind of reset your brain a bit. And it is like, it can be easy 
for the real feelings that you have, like say laziness in my case or horror <laughs> in her case to come pouring back in. Mm hmm. Um, and I think you're onto something there. I think that is precisely the reason a thing you see in movie and TV sex all the time is that everybody comes simultaneously. They, yeah. they fuck and they peek at the same time and it's magnificent and it's fireworks and everybody gets off and it all happens really fast at the same time. And then they deal with the emotional aftermath of it, but it doesn't allow space for their journeys to separate too far in that moment, mm -hmm. because it would be distracting from the narrative, I think is probably why they do it. Yeah. Everyone has to be going on that, that sort of roller coaster simultaneously. Yeah. So I do, I do think it's pretty good in terms of the authenticity. Um, now coming to the heat, that's the interesting thing, right? Cause off the bat, you're like, mm old people I don't yeah uh, eh. but for me for a scene starring a couple of people who are about 60 for a scene with no sex there's something very hot and possessive about the way he puts his hand on her pussy um and it's because he mm. kind of gives it a little like squeeze and a shake or something it's just yeah. like it's like just a little bit more than you expect. It's just a little bit raunchier than you think maybe Meryl Streep would allow for in her contract or something. Yeah. And then her reaction to it is funny and over the top, but she kind of reacts like it's amazing. <laughs> she reacts mm. like, like she's kind of still coming or like it feels incredible or oh my God, she's just been reminded of this amazing and horrible thing they did. You're not really sure. And they really um, hang out, <laughs> hang out in that uncomfortable yeah. uncertainty. But, but she's just so like, <laughs> I don't know, so fucked out. It's hilarious. Um, and there's something in the performance of it that just makes it seem amazing. And the confidence with which he does it, uh, like Alec Baldwin does nothing for me. He does the opposite of doing something for me. Yeah. But some something in that in that <laughs> pussy crab. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting how you read it versus I read it because I almost read it as being overstimulated. Hmm. Uh, you know when it's like, oh, okay, now stop, <laughs> don't don't touch me for a moment. Like that was sort of how I I read it of like. She was feeling like I definitely got this as she was like feeling those aftershocks. Uh, but then maybe the fact that it's not so pleasant and like that's adding to the horror. That was sort of how I read it. Funny. For, yeah. for me, it seems like it's all good, except she's got the dawning horror of what happened already. That's sort of trying to creep in at the edges on her or something. <laughs> mm. It's, I mean, that's, uh, we can, we can read a lot. We can read a lot out of very minute details in an actor's performance. This mm -hmm. is what we're learning. Particularly when the actor is as talented and nuanced as Meryl Streep. You can. Yes. Read a lot of things into it if you want to. Um, so anyway, like I would give the heat a three, I think. More, I had more of a reaction to it on this front than I expected to. 
um, and than I ever remembered having. Um, and so between the hand on the pussy, um, there's also something very sexy about the the way he grabs her when they're dancing. Um, yeah. And again, I'll I think it, I think it comes down to her performance again, where he comes at it all confidence, hand on her lower back and pulls her forward and the way she gasps. Um, that's also really sexy. Um, and so yeah. this scene for me, more than thinking it's sexy to look at or whatever, it's kind of like, yeah, I would enjoy that too. It's kind of the feeling I get mm. of like, she's enjoying it and I would enjoy it too. Just not with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Yeah, Alec Baldwin is not a turn on. It's unfortunate. No. And I had to uh, have a really weird internal conversation with myself where um, this movie turns into a bit of a love triangle between Meryl Mm -hmm. and Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin. And I had to have a real sit down with myself and be like, would you rather fuck Steve Martin than Alec Baldwin? And I think the answer is yes. (laughs) I think... In this movie, the answer is yes, because if I recall, Steve Martin plays a like kind, nice guy kind of ar- architect or something like something like that. Like he's helping mm-hmm. her with the house, you said. right? Yep. yep. And he wears yeah. uh, nice outfits with like Chuck Taylors. He wears his Converse. So yeah. he's kind of a kind of a quirky fellow. Um, and I could get into that. Yeah, and there's a fun scene where Meryl accidentally gets really high before their first date, and he just kind of shows up and rolls with it. He's like, this woman is acting crazy, and then she's like, I'm sorry, I'm high. And he's like, okay, I guess we're getting high. (laughs) And then they they spend their whole first date high together, and it's really kind of sweet. That is sweet. So yeah, that was not really a question I wanted to contend with, not really the would you rather I wanted to think Mm -hmm. about, but Mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. The answer's out there. I'd rather fuck Steve Martin. Um, (laughs) It's very unfortunate. (laughs) Since you asked. Since you asked. Um, Anyway, moving on Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to production value. Um, Like I've been saying all along, kind of, the editing is king here. But it's edited for comedic effect, not for sexy or super creative purposes. The fact is, Nancy Myers is kind of a boring director. Um, And she's an entertaining but limited writer, is what I would say. Um, She doesn't have much of a unique vision, which is kind of fine, in my opinion. Not every movie has to have over-the-top direction. Um, But the New York Times, in its review of this movie, kind of nailed it for me when they said, quote, her embrace of sexist stereotypes, including male characters as agents of narrative change, keep her and her female characters down. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this movie. I would agree with that. Would you rather um, (laughs) Steve Martin? Well, <laughs> here's okay. Here's the real would you rather that's coming up: uh, Alec Baldwin or Tommy Lee Jones? Ponder that for a moment, <laughs> and, and we'll be right back. Wait a second. Did I say yeah, the per- production value is a three? I would oh, give I the production value. Thank you. I would give the production value a three. <laughs> okay, lovely. I'm so glad that you remembered that. What do you have for me this week, Lauren? 
I am so glad you asked, Kate. Uh, <laughs> I, I have brought for you uh, a movie that has haunted me similarly to It's Complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's Complicated haunted me in a way of like, uh, I don't like the idea that uh, divorced parents can want to still fuck each other. Even after they've done terrible things to each other. Um, This movie that I'm bringing you today haunted me for a long time um, because of Tommy Lee Jones's cum face. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Technically, it's not even a cum face. It's a losing your erection face, which I think is worse. So let me talk about it. Uh, <laughs> if you must. <laughs> so what I have brought for you is Hope Springs. This is a 2012 film, not to be confused with literally dozens of similarly named things because Hope Springs is such a fucking bland name for a film. Mm, I assume referencing the expression Hope Springs Eternal. <laughs> yes. But so this was an original screenplay uh, by uh, Vanessa Taylor, and this screenplay was passed along on the blacklist. Do you know what the blacklist is? I do know what the blacklist is. Yeah, because we are industry professionals. We understand (laughs) these sorts of terms. I get an email Uh, from the blacklist every day telling me to read scripts that I'm not going to read. (laughs) um yes for those who do not know the blacklist is basically uh an informal semi-formal uh collection of scripts that hollywood has decided to pass on but still thinks are good that's kind of how it started it was for kind of up and comers who um maybe didn't have representation yet they didn't have agents and managers and they still wanted to find a way to get their script seen and possibly sell them um now it's all totally full of hollywood insiders and people are like you know that that shia labeouf movie was a script on the blacklist and i'm like why did shia labeouf need the blacklist you know so it's <laughs> it's all kind of um it kind of gets the same criticism as uh like the hollywood forum press association where it's like it's all yeah. kind of insiders and if you don't have agents and managers pulling for you now you don't get the votes to get near the top of the list and so nobody sees it and so it's it's all kind of a political thing now but it is, in fact, a database where people put their scripts in hopes that they will be seen and purchased and produced into movies. There you go. See, I needed your L.A. Insider info. That's me, L.A. Insider. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this was a script that, uh, you know, I understand why people would pass on it at first because it is very sedate and it seems like the stakes are low. But uh, it was originally uh, had multiple people attached. It had Mike Nichols attached to direct at one point, which I got excited by. I really like Mike Nichols. He did The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, it, the couple was composed of Meryl Streep and Jeff Daniels, which would have been a wildly different movie. Uh, But then, uh, you know, as Hollywood sometimes does, things changed around. Um, Nichols was replaced with David Frankel, 
who you will know from The Devil Wears Prada, another Meryl Streep, uh, amazing, iconic film. Uh, and Tommy Lee Jones got the role of the the husband. Okay, but would you rather see Tommy Lee Jones or Jeff Daniels lose their erection on screen? I <laughs> don't want to engage with the question. You have no other choice. <laughs> I, having seen Tommy Lee Jones, do not like it. And I would prefer different, even if it, that is Jeff Daniels. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, uh, additionally, rounding out this very, very small cast, which includes almost cameo appearances uh, from uh, Elizabeth Shue and uh, Jean Smart. Hmm. Yeah. Like almost cameo appearance. It's so short. Um, it's a very small cast. Everything, all the action is very heavily hinged upon this couple. Uh, but there is also a Steve Carell who plays their couple's counselor uh, in in this film. And it's it's it was, I think, one of his first like I'm a serious actor roles. <laughs> You know, when I, I watched a few things of people of them all doing press and it, everyone was talking about The Office and it was like 2012. And I was like, yeah, I don't think he had done that many like, no, take me seriously parts. Mm. Post Daily Show, but not post The Office yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Post Daily um, Show, pre-morning show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so let me talk about the plot. Meryl Streep and Tommy Lee Jones play a very sedate married couple who have been together 31 years. They have adult children who have left the house, gone to college, all of that stuff. And uh, they sleep in separate bedrooms, which only Meryl Streep's character, Kay, seems to have a problem with. She goes to a bookstore uh, looking for marriage advice uh, because she's been subtly trying to tempt her husband, Tommy Lee Jones's Arnold, into finding her attractive and wanting to do something, you know, again. Uh, so she, she peruses the, the, I guess, marriage advice section of a bookstore and finds a book by Steve Carell's character, Dr. Feld, uh, and is convinced that he is the solution to her unhappiness. So uh, Arnold is resistant at first and blames her mood swings on menopause at first, which is fun. <laughs> uh, his defense is just sort of, we're not 22 years old anymore. Like, it's, it's normal that we're not having sex. but. With Kay's determination, they both managed to get on a plane to Dr. Feld's resort in this small town in Maine. <laughs> and uh, soon they're thrust into this brand new world, a la the hero's journey of opening up and talking about their feelings and their sex life. So, so uh, Dr. Feld, Steve Carell, uh, tries to start them off by 
talking, you know, about intimacy and developing some, you know, simple touching. Uh, but it's clear that there's a ways to go once they arrive at his office because they start off on opposite ends of this couch. <laughs> um, and Arnold hates talking about sex at all, which makes it very difficult. And Kay is very innocent uh, because Arnold was her first relationship. So a lot of things happen that I kind of wish um, didn't. I didn't know <laughs> that uh, I, let's just say hearing Tommy Lee Jones stutter out a fantasy about getting a blowjob is not necessarily my favorite thing. Fair. Okay. Uh, there's a few botched attempts at physical intimacy, one of which involves Meryl Streep, impeccable, wonderful gem of an actress that she is, uh, proceeding to go down on him in a movie theater. Ooh, girl. Right? <laughs> Serving us some Alanis Morissette vibes. <laughs> it's this movie has such a weird tone because it's part very serious like relationship drama and part kind of like wacky sex capade <sighs> like hijinks like they tease that Meryl Streep might fillet a banana at one point is this for practice or is this to be sexy she checks out a book called uh something like sex tips for straight women from a gay man and she <laughs> is going to a grocery store and she's like feeling a, a a roll of cookie dough at one point and like feeling it in her hands and like trying to gauge its girth too thick <laughs> yeah too thick too thick Meryl uh and then she's at the checkout and she sees a bunch of bananas and she's like uh-huh and we see her later in the bathroom uh, reading this book and she has the banana and she's sort of like hovering over it <laughs> and she just takes a bite out of it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I see what you're, I see what you're doing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that is, that is Meryl Streep uh, hinting that she might fillet a banana. <laughs> uh, but so after all these botched attempts at intimacy, uh, they finally do come at the problem in therapy where Kay, Kay wants love more than sex. And Arnold was trying to respect her not wanting sex. And so Kay's character says things like, you want it, not me. And you always have your eyes shut tight. And Arnold replies, well, it's not fun doing it with someone who doesn't want it. So there's a miscommunication there of like they had different priorities. He was being very fucking masculine and manly of like, yeah, of course I want sex. I want sex all the time. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I just want you to want me for me. And that's the that's the crux of the problem. But Finally, Dr. Feld breaks through to Arnold, who's been pretty resistant this whole time and kind of, you know, a little bit mean and like nasty about this whole process. Uh, finally, it breaks through to him that his marriage is in real jeopardy. 
uh, and Arnold arranges for a night at the fancier inn in town rather than the Econo Lodge where they had been staying. <laughs> and so they, they drink some wine. They have a nice dinner. Uh, he says at one point, well, you know, I, I, I got us a room upstairs and she's enchanted. Uh, they go upstairs and it's a quaint little, you know, kind of seaside in type <laughs> bedroom. Uh, and they, they drink some more champagne. They eat strawberries in front of an open fire. It's very romantic. And they both know going into this scene, they're going to give it a real shot of having sex. So that's what I'm showing you today. All right. There you go. Oh my God. That's so sad. <laughs> This scene is like haunting me. It's 2012. That was so sad. Why did you make me watch that? Oh my god, that was horrible. It's <laughs> <That was> horrible. <laughs> oh god. They're eating straw chocolate covered strawberries in front of a fireplace. Uh, uh, Arnold goes to pop some champagne and does it like from his crotch, and <laughs> Kay like adorably jumps like, oh, it's very cute, very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, yeah. The champagne spills out of the top of the bottle mm-hmm. as though it's a dick having an orgasm. Yes. <laughs> they are. They could not be more explicit about what they're getting at here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he comes back with these two champagne flutes, uh, Kay ignores those and immediately starts to unbuckle his pants, uh, which he says, like, hold that thought, hold that thought, and goes to turn on music. There's a very nice little comedic moment where he doesn't understand how to turn the music on. Because, <laughs> of course, he is so old. <laughs> uh, but eventually... Let's Stay Together by Al Green comes on, which is just perfect for their situation and the mood that they're trying to set. It's it's very perfect. And poor Kay is just so thirsty for it. Arnold, Tom, Tommy Lee Jones is being really playful as he like bounces back over to her. It's, it's very cute to see. Um, they kiss... And, and gently lie back in front of the fire. And this scene really doesn't skimp on the kissing. Which is, you know, g- g- good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I love to watch their <laughs> mouths mash together like that. But I'm sure some people would enjoy it. Um, 
the wedding band on his finger is on full display as he kind of slowly rocks up her skirt over her leg. Uh, and Meryl Streep, great legs, great legs. Mm-hmm. Just that's that's fine. Um, but but him him kissing her neck is really nice. And there's such like sensuous stroking of the body. It's really nice. Uh, and then at one point we have this camera move as we see his hand moving from uh, her leg into her groin area. And we pull back as we see her kind of gasp. And it's not obvious, but it's it's pretty clear that he's rubbing her pussy. Yeah, well, it's all tastefully done, right? So nothing is explicit, mm-hmm. but definitely not arguing with you there. That's where the hand was headed. Um, but this mm-hmm. is, it. it's one of those scenes that really focuses on the little sensual details. And so it's like you get sort of more of the close up on a hand running up by the knee and that nice moment where she um, she reaches up and she takes his glasses off. That's the intimacy of it. Yeah. And it's, there's just a really nice moment. I think especially this feeds into authenticity, which we'll talk about where after he's touching her pussy, she kind of rolls so that she's on top. And there's this moment of stuttered and stammered, but real communication where he's kind of like, do you want, do you want me? And he's like pointing downward uh, and the, and she nods and there's a cut as they presumably work out how to get into missionary position, uh, <laughs> which they mention in their therapy sessions is pretty much the only position they've ever done. <laughs> uh, and they're still fully clothed as Arnold, you know, kisses her neck. And there's a shot where he like arches her back as he penetrates her i this it's starting to get icky but uh (laughs) but then uh Kay, we have meryl streep's beautiful acting choices as she's like she's feeling these emotions and she's like kind of mm, what's what's it uh she's kind of like rolling her neck from from side to side like with pleasure but then she grabs his face and she makes him look at her and there's a terrible pause where both she and the audience realizes that in looking at her, he's lost his erection. Mm-hmm. And his face is just red face and is awful. <laughs> I mean, no, the, like, the yes, expression on his face. <laughs> yes. I think you mean to say the expression on his face is awful. No yes. offense to Tommy yes. Lee Jones. Um, no, he's a fine man. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's not a flattering angle. So you look up, and his face is beet red, and and he's got this, um, this low key lighting that's got him in harsh contrast because of the fireplace, and so all of his, all of the creases on his face are in are in full view and his eyes are glassy and dark. And you're kind of like, he looks horrified or, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's a, it's not a, not a sexy face. (laughs) No, it's, it's a, there's a deep shame Mm 
yeah that creeps over his face as she like looks at him and everyone involved the audience included realizes what's happened there's just a deep shame and it's it's i mean that's also really good acting on his part yes really fantastic but not pleasant to look at really no and i think uh yeah i think it is great acting and that's why it's so horrible to watch because you can truly feel what he feels in that moment and you get that same level of like bone deep discomfort please forgive that expression (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god oh so uh Sad piano music plays and <laughs> Kay rolls out from under him and uh, she concludes that he no longer finds her attractive. That, uh, as she says, he lied when they were talking about it in the in the therapist's office. Uh, and it's really incredibly tragic to see her sort of grappling with that and to see him deny it. And you don't know, you don't really know what the truth is. You don't know if is, is it really as simple as he just doesn't find her attractive or is there something more going on? You really don't know. And it's really tragic. Hmm. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Please. It's hard to watch. The word choice. I'm not gonna, I, I can't, I can't with every time, every time you make a pun. Um, not intentional. It's just that <laughs> they're coming to me. Please excuse the word <laughs> choice. Kate! <laughs> 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 that one was intentional, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, you're awful. Um, but I... I think this scene is surprising because they don't shy away from things that are traditionally very sexy, uh, but that we aren't used to seeing with actors of a certain age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's also something really great in that um, these are two people who are putting effort into something that's often portrayed as effortless. Mm -hmm. Uh, in film yeah um i think that's really interesting and to see that real kind of fumbling of two people who don't know each other intimately anymore maybe once did but don't Mm -hmm. anymore and so it's kind of like you know like a version situation because it's been so long (laughs) um yeah so that's great and to watch this transformation for Arnold from the beginning where he's so like oh champagne you want some (laughs) to like (laughs) to kind of getting playful and putting the music on and getting in the mood Mm -hmm. and suddenly being like oh this is gonna be fun we're gonna do this it's working and to see that really great narrative buildup of oh my god it's working to oh no it's not working (laughs) yeah because there's always something disappointing about seeing somebody work for something and try and make it happen and put effort into it and then fail that's hard to watch but when it's something vulnerable and stands to be humiliating on top of it it's it's even harder to watch yeah when i was reading a lot of sort of critical reception of this movie this 
this movie got kind of middling reception. It's not a fantastic film, but Tommy Lee Jones in particular got a lot of praise for going outside of sort of this tough guy role that I think people normally think of as he's a more masculine figure. Uh, and he really did portray very vulnerable uh, emotions in this film. Uh, so he, he rightly got a lot of praise for this film. Seems like he deserves it. Can I tell you the thing for me worse tell than like me. watching them kiss or whatever? The one like, oh, God, they're old thing for me. Ooh, tell me. Is that shot where his wrinkly elbow is in frame for so long? <laughs> for me, for me, it's the wrinkly old man elbow. I couldn't take my eyes off yeah. of it. <laughs> I just was looking at their mouths and like, I, I love Meryl Streep. Even... I couldn't do it. I can't. I can't talk about it. They're <laughs> <laughs> so old. <sighs> I I I have mixed feelings about it because I'm like the like film fan part of me, the more intellectual side of me. Let's say is like yes, it's it's so important for these sorts of. Uh, roles to be portrayed and for these characters to be portrayed. And these are, these are two very real life human characters. Like uh, Meryl Streep's character here works in like a retail store in middle America. And, and Tommy Lee Jones's character is like a, an audit uh, what, accountant, like IRS accountant person, you know, mm -hmm. I don't clearly, I don't know enough about <laughs> money but uh something like that some boring ass job so like they're really playing very typical people ordinary people type roles and that's so important uh is that visually stimulating <laughs> for me when i want to be horny mm. No, no, I can safely say no. In yeah, thirty-five years or so, I want you to rewatch this movie, um, and see if you you find that it turns you on. Please, <laughs> I don't. I feel like I feel like if you watched this film, you would find it uncomfortable in a way that I didn't because I'm a child of divorce rather than a long-term family relationship. <laughs> Are you worried I'd be staring into the face of my parents trying to bone? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I'll just sort of summarize. It's this scene takes place very near the end of the movie and I'll I'll tell I'll give you a little bit. I I'm not afraid of spoiling this movie in case uh, anyone is interested. That's fine. You're already you're always editing around my spoilers, but you can give I them know. whatever you want. I know. I'm very hypocritical. Um, so as the movie goes on, they both sort of feel like the therapy has failed in some way uh, because, you know, they got to this threshold and they couldn't quite make it. And 
Kay actually like prepares to leave. She starts packing a bag and Arnold takes one last leap of faith and goes to her bedroom at home uh, and kind of proves that he is committed to keep working on their intimacy outside of this intensive couples therapy that they were in. Uh, and they have this moment where they're kissing and caressing in the dark and Arnold tells her, you are beautiful. And it fades to black as they presumably are intimate again. But we don't we don't actually see too much of it. Uh, and the movie ends with them renewing their vows on the beach, as Kay had fantasized about. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's quite a sweet little ending. Uh I think this moment is so impactful because this moment I showed you is the moment where the audience and the characters aren't sure if this is going to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it, it kind of progresses in a way of where they're, they are both continuing to try. Yeah. It's a pivotal moment. This is the second act break. I imagine. I mean, I feel like it's, it, it feels later in the, in or, the ratio or is it the climax <laughs> no okay i'm just saying yeah, i think i think it's it is, one or I the think other it is the climax <laughs> i think it is the climax because then it gets to the sad part of the movie where they're like they think they failed and then they go home and they try again and it's like the old world cannot stay <laughs> the resolution the resolution. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so let's stop and talk about it. Uh, for one thing, soundtrack, I think, has an amazing entry this week. Oh, classic fuck jam. A classic fuck jam. Let's Stay Together by Al Green. I mean, Al Green is what you think of when it comes to that sort of like... You know, that sort of fuck jam. It's <laughs> perfect. I don't even want to talk about it too much. It's, it's a five. Five out of five. It's a five. Uh, time. I really respect this scene for the fact that it doesn't shy away on time. Uh, actually, I will extrapolate that to the whole film. Uh, this film I learned was was shot on digital, which meant that they uh, could film, you know, 15 minute takes at a time. And, uh, and that really shows in the film because there are these very long pauses where, you know, someone says something or the doctor asks a question and the two are left sitting in awkward silence. And this film really doesn't shy away from that awkward silence. And in this scene, I think it really is holding on stuff that if the actors were 30 years younger, you would also be like, oh, yeah, let me see more of that. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's um, something that can be really, really impactful about judicious use of silence in film. And it's something that's kind of mm -hmm. underrated, but 
it can be used to build all kinds of really interesting tension. And I think, I think everything from them starting to kiss, I mean, even from his like awkward, like, Oh, you, you're going right for it when he's referring to her opening his pants. And she's like, yes, I am. Uh, like everything from that moment to when it cuts to him on top of her is like, this really strong build of energy. And uh, I think the timing plays really well into that. So I, I would give it a four. I think that's fair. Does that seem fair? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, good. (sighs) So insecure. (laughs) T a authenticity. Now I haven't been in a 30 year marriage. That's fallen. Intimacy has fallen by the wayside. (laughs) Uh, So um, I can't really speak to the authenticity, uh, but it certainly feels real to their characters. Like you said, they're really putting in a lot of effort, try and make it the perfect moment. You know, he's got the champagne and the chocolate strawberries. She's trying to like be this sexy version of herself that she hasn't really felt like before. And they're both really putting in a lot of effort and that feels authentic. Uh, I, I don't know about some of the rest of it though. (laughs) What do you think? I think it's very authentic. I think there is a generational thing with baby boomers where they didn't get real sex education and particularly women never learned Mm -hmm. their place in pleasure when it comes to sex. They kind of (laughs) hearkening back to our talk about Bridgerton learned about the marital act and that's about it. Um, But never learned how to enjoy it and it was never a priority for them to enjoy it. And so intimacy falls by the wayside when you're done having children the intimacy kind of falls off because they're not enjoying it and there's no obligation to it anymore it kind of, i think is kind mm. of um what a lot of older women faced and so i i think that's what you're seeing and i think it's very real i think somehow it's to a certain extent less authentic to see two people who've fallen this deep into a lack of intimacy to be working on it and talking about it and dealing with it. I think Mm. way more often you find that baby boomers just die mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what Arnold is fully prepared to do. Mm -hmm. He is ready to spend the rest of his life just getting his briefcase handed to him in the morning and falling asleep watching golf every night. You know, but it's that Kay is this remarkable character in that she sees something wrong with the situation that she's in and she makes actual steps to fix it. Yeah, Um, I think uh, honestly, that's what makes her an extraordinary character is that she's trying to deal with it and that she's even though she she and I I haven't seen the movie. Right. So I'm going off what you told me, but she Mm -hmm. comes off as maybe a little meek. (laughs) Like she's been putting up with it for a long time and not saying anything. Um, And she has finally, you know, uh, got, got some cojones about her and is like, we're dealing with this. (laughs) Yeah. And there's something very extraordinary about that because a lot of people do not ever face down those kinds of personal fears. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, she pays for this intense couple's counseling out of her own money, knowing that he wouldn't agree to the expense, and then says, basically, I'm going to be on the plane. Are you coming with me? And that's incredible. That's what pushes them towards this better life for them both. Um, Yeah. Authenticity, I think I'm tempted to give it a four or a five. What are you feeling? Yeah, I think it I think it deserves a four or a five. And I think um taking an unflinching look about at how um <laughs> let's say mercurial dicks are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, taking let's a, talk about that too. Taking a really unflinching look at that, I think is really great and authentic. And I've certainly been in that situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, your first thought is always, oh, my God, it's me. You're not attracted to me. There's something wrong with me. But I even knowing, like I just said, that dicks are just a little mercurial. (laughs) Yeah, I've been in that situation, too, uh, where uh, neither myself or my partner with a penis came And it was because we both like didn't feel comfortable in the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm going to give it I'm going to make a bold decision. I'm going to give this a five. You're wild. I love it. Yes. Yes. Five for authenticity. Uh, Heat. Like Um, negative one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like the way they look together. (laughs) I feel bad about it. I feel bad about it. I mean, they're both um, good looking for their age. Uh, I still think Meryl Streep is a beautiful woman. I think Tommy Lee Jones adds negative values. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, they, they are not very sexy for me. You know what? It's not even about them because I can find the sexy in two people who find each other sexy, who are enjoying each other, who have an intimate connection, who have a romantic connection. I can find the sexy in that. But these are Mm. two characters who find themselves in kind of a mortifying situation on top of being old. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah. And we're taking, like I said, kind of an unflinching look at them. They're not, they're not lit really flatteringly, probably intentionally, right? Um, Adds to the drama Mm -hmm. of the situation. Um, And so I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be that sexy. So there's not anything wrong with saying it's not that sexy. It it plays into the drama. It's a major, it's a major point in the narrative and it's okay that it's not that sexy. And it's not because Meryl's not sexy and it's not because Tommy's not sexy. It's just not a very yeah. sexy scene. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. Cause I do think the, I, I do think the first part where they're just kissing in front of the fire and we see them. And I think that part is meant to be kind of sexy. And it doesn't do it for me. But I think it is trying there. Well, I uh, think it just gets yeah. undermined is the thing. Um, yeah, by the next part where we're looking at them from them in front of the fire. Uh, yeah, I think if the scene carried on in that vein, I think I would probably come out of it thinking... Am I going to masturbate to this later? No. But am I happy for them mm-hmm. and glad they're getting it on? Yes. Um, but it's not, that's right. not the feeling they leave you with. So it kind of undermines any early attempts at sexiness. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. 
A two for heat. Do you think that's too low? No. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I needed to know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, production value. I mean, I think similar to It's Complicated, this is a very traditional sort of rom-com uh, setup. We've got a lot of uh, 90 degree angles. <laughs> I don't know if, if me saying that makes sense to a person just hearing this aud- auditorily, uh, but a lot of like profiles or straight ons, you know, uh, not a lot of interesting dynamic work going on. Mm-hmm. Very traditional from, from both of our, our suggestions. I do think there's something to the use of the fireplace as a lighting source that's interesting. Um, and I think mm-hmm. they play it both ways, which is interesting. So they play it towards sexy in the beginning and then they play it towards horrifying in the end. That it's casting them in such sharp relief right. in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the beginning, it's kind of like the sexy blurred. You can't see everything. And so you're kind of mm-hmm. imagining and um, joining them in the fantasy of it. Yeah. And then they use it to opposite effect later. That's a good point. I think I'll just give it a three. Middle of the road three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I... I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that this movie has taken up a percentage of my brain for as long as it has. Do you know what I mean? Like, as soon as you mentioned, like, oh, let's do, like, old people fucking. Or even when we were first thinking of this podcast and we were, like, coming up with ideas, I was like, well, I have one for old people fucking. Because I had this scene. This scene never left my brain. Mm. There's got to be, like, really sexy old people fucking in something. Um... I think there is actually. I was thinking of an honorable mention. Oh, what'd you come up with? Uh, I hang on. Give me one second, and I'll pull it up. So I I didn't watch this film. I have not had any interest in watching this film, <laughs> but I did hear about this film, which I thought would make an interesting honorable mention, uh, which is Cloud Nine. Uh, or in German, Wolkenun, <laughs> which is a 2008 film, which is German. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Andreas Dressen. Uh, and it's a love story of senior citizens, uh, you know, sex in old age. And it had, as I understood it, pretty remarkable sex scenes uh, because it had uh, older protagonists. Um, but I didn't watch it because why would I? Mm, that's that's fair. Um, while I was thinking of what I wanted to do, I also um, realized I had kind of confused in my brain. Something's got to give with it's complicated and i was thinking Mm. meryl streep was in both of them but in fact diane keaton is in something's gotta give and you get a naked screaming jumping flash of diane keaton's boobs in that one so that's a good honorable mention 
and she fucks both Keanu Reeves and Jack Nicholson. So, you know, a little, uh, a little for her, a little May, September action and a little September, September action, you know, um, that one. And then I think Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand play a couple of horny old married people and meet the Fockers. Um, which I haven't watched oh, since God. it came out, but <laughs> but, they're, but they're not like, but it's it's not the movie's not really about them, I guess. But I guess that doesn't matter. But the yeah, thrilling sequel to Meet the Parents. <laughs> yeah, but everyone was asking for. <laughs> we should we should close out the episode, right? Yeah. Well, dear listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Let's Get It On Film. Um, So all that's left is that we want to hear from you. What have you been watching? What do you think we should be watching? What is up in the world of sexy content? Can you think of a movie or TV show where old people bone? Tell us about it. We probably won't watch it, but tell us. Absolutely will not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wonderful. So drop us a line. You can email us at info at let's get it on film.com. You can get us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at let's get it on film. Our website is www.letsgetitonfilm.com. You can check us out all those places. Come like us and follow us. You can subscribe. You can rate the podcast. Those things are really good for getting us into more ear holes. Um, Mm -hmm. On Instagram, sometimes we post some super scientific surveys so that we can collect some data in advance. So if you want a sneak peek of what we might be talking about, follow us on Instagram. Yes. Oh, that was fantastic, Kate. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear our Let's Get It On Film Fuck Jams playlist, it is on Spotify. Uh, And also you can find that uh, 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 linked on our website as well. Have have a good time listening to The Sexiest Songs by Tom Petty and Al Green. (laughs) And also that one really sad track from Titanic. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. That's how it all... You start off with (laughs) with Titanic and then you work your way down. And uh, as always, the last thing we have to say is keep it pervy. Keep it pervy. From the society he is bent upon destroying. Look at his face. It is the face of a smut mob.